This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Hey, welcome to the Joyful Courage Podcast, a place for inspiration and transformation as we try and keep it together while parenting our tweens and teens. This is real work, people. And when we can focus on our own growth and nurturing the connection with our kids, we can move through the turbulence in a way that allows for relationships to remain intact. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am your fearless host. I'm a positive discipline trainer, space holder coach, and the adolescent lead at Sproutable. I am also the mama to a 20-year-old daughter and 17-year-old son walking right beside you on this path of raising our kids with positive discipline and conscious parenting. This show is meant to be a resource to you, and I work really hard to keep it real, transparent, and authentic so that you feel seen and supported. Today is an interview, and I have no doubt that what you hear will be useful to you. Please don't forget, sharing truly is caring. If you love today's show, please pass the link around, snap a screenshot, post it on your socials, or text it to your friends. Together, we can make an even bigger impact on families all around the globe. I'm so glad that you're here. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so excited to let you know that my good friend, my sister from another mister, Julieta Skoog, is my guest today. Julieta is a certified positive discipline advanced trainer with an educational specialty degree. Is that what it's called? It's not a mail order degree, people. In school psychology and a master's degree in school counseling with over 20 years of experience helping families in schools and homes. She draws from her real-life practical experience working with thousands of students with a variety of needs and her own three children to parent coaching, bringing a unique ability to translate research, child development, and positive discipline principles into everyday parenting solutions. Her popular keynote speeches, classes, and workshops have been described as rejuvenating, motivating, and inspiring. Julieta is the early years lead at Sproutable, so she is my colleague as well as my friend. I am so excited to have you back on the pod. I'm happy to be here. I was one of the OGs. I feel like I should get a special badge in this Zoom like yeah. experience. Number four. You were episode four. And this is like episode 400, almost 50 or something. I'm yeah. so proud of you. It's really oh, incredible. It's such a fantastic podcast. And I'm not just saying that because I love you and you're my dear one. <laughs> I was just thinking about the hair plugs for men guy. <laughs> it was like, not only am I the owner, I'm also the user. <laughs> <laughs> because I love it when you tell me that you listen. You listen. You have a teenager. I do. Back in episode four, you didn't. That's right. Now you do. So you're in the trenches with all of us. I love when we get to talk about teenagers and I'm so excited about today's topic. There is something I've noticed about you that I so appreciate and I really lean on and turn towards in my own parenting because it feels tough for me and I think others also feel like it's hard. I notice it with how you are in your family and with your kids and in the support you give 
We're going to talk about firmness today. You're so good at firmness. Firmness. I know you had wanted to talk about this, and I think it's sneaky because in positive discipline, everyone thinks it's just be real positive, be super nice, you know, and this whole gentle parenting, conscious parenting, everyone just is in this space of sort of, it can lean permissive. And I think people forget the firmness part that helps kids feel safe and helps parents feel grounded and keeps people on the same page and is the foundation for the mutual respect also respect for the kids, respect for ourselves. So I'm happy to be here talking about it. Well, and I think there's also, we kind of talk about how we're not really pro-punitive consequences. And most of us were raised like firmness is you get in trouble. Firmness is you are punished for what you did. You pay for what you did. You know, our parents wanted to make sure we weren't getting away with anything. And so when we take that out of the equation, as far as like punitive consequences and punishments, and we tell parents, you know, it's about kindness and firmness. I think there's, it's a little bit of a free fall around like, well, wait a minute, you just took away what I thought firmness was. So I talk and you talk and we talk about relationship and how important relationship is. And I think there's this tension around if we get firm, if we tighten things up and people get uncomfortable or mad at us, people, meaning our teenagers, that we are wrecking the relationship. And so it can feel like this messy either or between I either am in relationship with them or I'm firm around this thing. So I guess if you were going to define firmness, let's start there. Like what does firmness mean to you? I think that would be a helpful place to start too. Firmness to me, like how you were describing maybe, you know, the way that we were raised or parents now, the way they were raised and they think about firmness, it's almost that verb, that punitive, like you will be disciplined. For me, the firmness piece is not mean. It doesn't mean being mean. Firmness for me is follow through. Firmness for me is follow through. What were the expectations? What was the agreement? Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. what are the guardrails? What are the clear limits? To me, it's about like that compass that we talk about in terms of those life skills. I know you talk about it with your parents and your podcast, like list when we think about them as a grown up that we want them to have in terms of skill set, you know, characteristics practice. It's doing the heart, it's leaning in to mm-hmm. the part that does feel uncomfortable for the good of the long term parenting, for the good of the long, you know, the end game. So that's, yeah. it's the confidence. And it's, to me, it's the making decision as a parent. Like you've said it, you've decided that's it. Yeah. When I think of firmness, that's what I think about. It's like decision-making, it's follow through, it's confidence, it's routines, it's agreements, it's mm-hmm. safety. And so, and I think there's, when we talk about firmness, it's probably also helpful to talk about connection. Cause then if we talk about, mm-hmm. you know, kindness and firmness, you and I talk about it, kindness as yeah. connection. The connection part to me, that is still there, right? Is understanding the developmental lens, is getting inside their world and seeing it through their eyeballs, you know, that they're like, they've got their two friends with them right now. And so I'm going to understand that. I'm going to really understand that first. This is not Mm -hmm. the right time to be having this conversation. You know, like understanding that part, seeing it through their eyes, the perspective that they are taking, it is that I love you no matter what. Mm-hmm. It is the, I get you. I want to know what's in your world. Tell me about you. You know, it is that relationship part too. So it's also yeah. there, you know, with that firmness. So that part is there as we're also talking about routines and expectations and safety and all of those things too. Yeah. Well, I love that you said firmness is confidence, right? Like I love thinking about firmness as a way of being. Cause I think, you know, and I've said this on the show before, but like my kids, They have said to me, you are totally strict. You're like the strictest parent, which cracks me up because I'm always in this like, oh God, am I just an anything goes kind of parent? Because I don't feel strict, you know, and they come back with, well, we have to talk about everything. We have to process things like, and I I do feel like there is this way of being that is supporting 
my parenting. And I don't know how you feel. You know, everyone, Julieta, her people are the people of littles. And we're kind of going through the, you know, the second round of autonomy seeking toddler years in the teen years. How do you help parents see the value in that confident way of being, that it's more about being than it is about doing, or that it's even equally important, we'll say, we won't say either more or less important. Yeah. I mean, I think there is a tone, like when you talk about the way of being, I didn't talk about yeah. this with a lot of the parents that I work with too, this idea of tone. And it's so funny, the parallels, right? Between like toddlers and teenagers. Yeah. They're so prickly teenagers. So tone really matters just like it does with toddlers in the sense that we talk about that congruent communication piece, you know, like do your words, match your tone, match your body language so that little kids can really understand what communication means. Like truly they're learning language, you know, through Mm -hmm. that. Similarly with teens, there's that tone. And so I think that way of being back to your question that I've totally muddled now, it's like (laughs) the importance of sort of that way of being, I think is about that communication. It's that nonverbal part that you can trust me. You know, it's like that you're going to get the same parent no matter what, not just because I'm tired at the end of the day or I haven't had my coffee in the morning or like the consistent part is here on my Mm -hmm. side, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think it's that part that's the way of being that the firmness allows for us. Yeah, There's that part that we can always stand on that feels safe for kids. You know, you and I do this activity in classes called decide what you will do. I haven't done that one in a long time. Do you do it on Zoom? I do it on Zoom. It's a little bit tricky because it's under our siblings night that we right, talk right. about, you know? But the quote that I pull from for that is that kids feel safe when you mean what you say and you say what you mean, like that follow through part. I think about with firmness, you know, that the importance of it is like, it's the evidence for kids that you will follow through with what you say. And so- mm-hmm. But when you talk about being strict, isn't that funny? Because it's a new foray for me being in the tweens and teens land now. And I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm strict as opposed to consistent. Mm -hmm. Do you think your kids would say you're strict? Well, it's interesting to me now because I hear when Josephine, who's almost 15, talks about other families being strict or not strict. And I'm like, oh, what makes them strict or not? And I think people look at me, in fact, I had a parent say this to me a couple months ago. And when I did a double take, he like backpedaled and was like, oh, no, no, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean it like that. But it was about the independence that I give them. And I think Mm -hmm. actually a lot of people are strict in the sense of safety sort of pieces that I don't lean into as much. So I let my kids take the bus. I let my kids walk home themselves. My Middle school is not on phone. But yeah, exactly. But this thing can sound like I was like this free range parent. I'm like, that I am not. Like we go through the steps, right? I mean, I think that's the part that I am strict yeah, you, in terms of like, we are going to practice. You are going to show me what your route is. We are going to walk through and role play who your people are and what to do if, and what's your plan, right. you know, that part. I mean, in terms of practicing and making sure that they're ready and then saying, all right, let's go. Yeah, I think that is a place that really gets parents and kids in trouble. I think you have been such a good model of this. I think that there are definitely places where I could have done better with this, but like that taking time for training and practicing is so important. And what I love about it too is it gives us confidence in them. And then that becomes mirrored to them. They can be confident in themselves because we're confident in them. And that's so, so powerful. I also have seen you and heard you talk about, you know, when somebody in the family is having a hard time, it's that like family huddle, you know, you bring everybody in and it becomes, you know, not how are we going to get this kid to stop doing this thing, but what is the help? What is needed? What's going to be useful to help, you know, because everyone misbehavior is discouragement. It's typically discouragement and our kids are having a hard time, right? They're not being a problem. They're having a problem. And it's equally as true for our teenagers. Yeah. Let me give you two examples. Yeah. One is that this idea of strict or firmness, you know, when you are really clear on your 
values or things that I'm learning this too, right? As my first of three is heading through these different navigations. So there's some decision-making and practicing. I might not be getting it right, but I'm going to say for now, like, this is what I need. So my stricter firmness is like, yes, you can absolutely go over to that person's house when I have their phone number, when I have their parents, you know, name, last name, phone number. And I've had one, you know, touch point on a text thread, like, Mm -hmm. and when you finish your responsibilities or I know what your plan is for X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. So those pieces that lean us into the uncomfortable part of all these new people, right? All the new random people that I'm now texting saying, hey, we've never met, but, and I'm asking the hard questions. What are you asking? Well, God, this just killed my kid. She was just like, oh God. But I thought, you know what? First of all, I wasn't sure who the makeup of the kids was going to be, i.e. it ended up being four boys and her. So mm-hmm. I'm making sure there's going to be a grown up there at the mm-hmm. same time. But she's like, oh my gosh, of course they're it. Like, just don't, you don't need to text, whatever. Right, right. I'm thinking if, hey, if I'm going in now and just saying, this is all over text, of course, you're going to be there, then I might as well also ask, hey, are there guns in the house? Are there other older siblings in the house? Mm-hmm. Like, I just thought, I'm just going to throw it. I want to get the lay of the land. I want to get the lay of the land. Hey, everybody. Listen, I'm so excited to give you an update on Songfinch. Songfinch delivers. I shared last month that I was going to have them create an original song for Ian, my graduating senior. Well, the song is done and the process of co-creating it with the artist on Songfinch was so cool. I got to provide details and ideas and then the musician of my choice wrote up the lyrics put it to the music that I picked, and the results are so cool. I can't wait to surprise Ian with it. I will be sure to record it and share it with all of you. Songfinch is an innovative service that lets you create an original radio quality song inspired by your own life and the people you love. It's completely unique, personal, and it lasts forever. After moving through their process, you get the final results in four to seven days. For a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song to Spotify for free. So you and the lucky person you gift it to can listen to it anywhere, anytime. Whether your song is for Father's Day, an upcoming graduation, wedding, or anniversary, or even just a gift to show your loved one how much you care. Start your song now to lock in one of Songfinch's top artists. Go to songfinch.com slash joyful and start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free, which is a $50 value. Again, my URL is songfinch.com slash joyful. Don't forget to share your song with us too. songfinch.com slash joyful. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God. Spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well-being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. I've heard stories about this particular kid, you know, and mm-hmm. so it just seems like there's this potential for like, oh, his parents don't care. And, you know, they're all smoking pot and waving guns around. That's right. And you know what? Like <laughs> this sweet parent 
texted me back within two seconds saying, thank you so much for this text. Of course we will be there. We always have family dinner and we'll feed them too. And like, I'm so glad I'm not the only parent, you know, our son thinks we're so overproductive, but thank you for that. And then later, your daughter is so lovely. I'd love to have her anytime. You know, these places where we're also growing with them. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the other piece with that, this idea with, you know, I know this is what you need at this age socially. New experiences, awesome. Like new social experiences, absolutely. So I want to get behind that. I do not want to shelter you, in fact, because I know from brain development that new things are important. And if you're not exposed to new things and trying new things and taking these kinds of, you know, low-level risks, then you're going to find other things that hit the dopamine harder, you know, and faster. Mm -hmm. So I'm like new experiences, new experiences, new experiences, girl. Like, you know, let's do this. So that also just forces me to have that, you know, sense of like, all right, well, then I've got to be uncomfortable in this place too and meet her in that place. That was my first example. The other example that I was going to share was around just this idea of that family huddle piece. And I think when you said your kids talked about you being strict, like now we have to talk about everything. It brought up me as a school counselor and school psychologist at recess all those years when kids knew I was on duty and there was an issue, they would come running to the grown up. And as soon as they saw me half the time, they would just skid on their heels and turn around and be, we're good. Because <laughs> if I got them, I'd be like, nope, get in the ring, get over yeah. here. You know, what's your side? What's your side? Let's process this. Let's problem solve this. So I get that. And you know, where it benefits us because we're so committed to family meetings. We have been through iterations of what we called Sunday learning, where we've gone through reading anti-racist books. For example, we read all of Stamped together a chapter a week. Right now we're going through Atlas of the Heart and reading a feeling every week. And when we commit to that kind of firmness, right, in terms of just like, this is what we do. It's not everybody's favorite, but we're going to do it. When shit hits the fan and we do need it, we are able to huddle up and really, you know, support each other and be all in. Like this is what we've been training for. So, yeah, I mean, I just appreciate that. And I'm cracking up because I'm remembering at our old neighborhood, there was a period of time where when the neighborhood kids would have a problem, they'd all come over so that I could facilitate a little family meeting of neighborhood kids. And it was, you know, there were the kids that were like, let's go. And then there were the kids that were like, uh, no. But I also think even in your story about texting the other parent, Jules, Like even that is that way of being of confidence. Like, yep, when this and this and this. And I want everybody listening to remember, like we're talking about ninth grade, right? And when our kids, you know, you move through this process as they get older, it doesn't look the same, but you still get to be in that embodiment of confidence and that embodiment of, you know, what I care about. You know, like every once in a while, Ian will be like, what if I... You know, and he'll tell me some horrible thing that he could potentially do one day. What would you do? Right? He loves, that's like a favorite conversation. And I'm always like, well, honestly, I don't know. Like, I'm going to love you no matter what, but I don't know. Casey, I just had the funniest idea. There is this sweet children's book. I don't know if you've ever read it, but it's called Mama, Do You Love Me? And then they have another one that's like, Papa, Do You Love Me? And it's so sweet. It's like this little one who's like, mama, would you love me if I like filled your mucklucks with salmon? And she's like, I would be mad, but I would always love you. Oh, Ian's like, what if I killed someone? Would you still love me? That's why it's like, God. Like a teenager version of like, go the fuck to sleep, you know, when it's that, that children's like, you should do a teenage version of like, would you still love me? If I, oh like, man, it's so funny. But I will say to your point, because I used to say this to me when she was in fifth grade or in eighth grade. And I think when you've been practicing, you know, or when you begin to practice at any point, you can only grow from there. So like, yeah. we will continue to grow, will evolve. And I trust in the same way that I'm trusting my connection and firmness when the things get bigger, then we'll lean on relationship and connection. And also with what yeah. we have agreed, I think that's the other piece that we get into with teenagers, you know, our firmness, when we talk about agreements or limits or routines and things, that is co-collaborated, you know, like that is not me saying that it's also our conversation around, you know, curiosity and what matters. And does this, I mean, a lot of times I've said to her, like, does this feel safe for you? What does your gut say about this? I mean, that's my whole goal. Yes. Right. It's about decision-making for yourself and it's about turning the volume up on that inner voice. And so that's where I really 
am honing in. In fact, we just had a big conversation with her, John and I, about going to parties and things, you know, in the future and just knowing that ability to listen to your gut instinct, what yeah. that feels like, yeah. your voice, you know, all those things. And so the way that we were talking about substance use and drinking and things and how that affects judgment and how that's the part, right? Like, so. Right. I love that so much. And it's so interesting. I work with so many clients who I try to circle them back to that. Like, what do you want most? Do you want your kids to listen to your lecture or do you want your kids to be in a situation and have the wherewithal to consider what's going on around them? To pause instead of like, my parents are so controlling. Watch this. Watch what I can do. No, instead, like, is this going to serve me? What could go wrong here? What might not go wrong here? No, and I have a whole podcast about this, talking to Ian about like, you know, sometimes you might be a yes. And if you're going to be a yes, what do you got to consider? You know, think about the people that are around you. Are you in a situation where people are going to have your back if things go sideways or are people going to pull out their phone and film you? Right? Like, think about that. And I appreciate too your podcast with Rowan, you know, Sweet Little Rowan, where it's like, you know, also... I mean, I remember you saying it was like, we were just happy she was going to a party, you know? And so that part too, where I know developmentally how important those social experiences are. And so, you know, I trust her. I know things happen, but like there is that part where you want them to go when they're still with us and be able to practice those skills and process and arm them with that, you know, when they're here, when they're with us. Yeah. And a lot of people that I work with, and I'm guessing I see you listeners, I know you're out there, are in situations where they don't have all of these years of high reps of training and relationship feels really frayed, right? I love that activity. And this one, I have not figured out how to do on Zoom. I love you and the answer is no. So it's a parent playing a teen. So it's a role play. And the teenager starts walking towards the parent, just saying, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want. And they put their hands on the shoulders of the parent and they just kind of push them backwards in the room, like together, so the parent's walking backwards. So that's round one. And we talk about, you know, parent, how did that feel? What did you notice? And they often will talk about, like, I felt panicked. I didn't know what to do, you know, or they'll get really rigid and it's just turns into this big power struggle. And then the second round, the kid comes towards the parent and the parent puts their hands on the child and starts to walk back with the child and then starts to walk forward and says, I love you and the answer is no. I love you and the answer is no. And like, you can even hear it in my voice. I love the energetics of that activity. And when I think about it, when I was prepping for this call, like I said, I have clients whose kids will simply walk out the door. Like, oh, it's a no, peace out, right? And my instinct, my instinct, and I would love to know what your instinct as a coach would be. So, you know, you get to a place where you realize like, oh shit, ultimately they can walk out. They can, they are capable of walking out the door. I mean, we can like lock it and get in the way and tackle them. What are we willing to do, right? Like they can walk out the door. And there are the kids that do that. I haven't had that experience with my kids temperament, maybe relationship, definitely. Like it's a different kind of vibe. We haven't gone there. Although there was one particular night where Ben did disconnect the battery on Rowan's car just in case, right? Because we had to have a hard conversation and we weren't quite sure how she'd respond. And so we were like, well. I love that that was his solution, of course. That's so- That was his solution. (laughs) He's like, she's never going to figure out this. Yeah. Anyway, my instinct when I'm talking to parents who are like, oh my gosh, my kids just, you know, they just bail, is to coach them around how to be with that kid when they come home and how to work on connection. And that true, like real, like break down the armor and that soul to soul connection to have the conversation around, let's talk about what went down last night. Right. Well, right? I think that's the part that is so hard for parents or that feels permissive is when that happens in that moment to let it go and to not like explode, react, double down. Now Call you- the police, right? Tensions. Yeah. yeah. Frankly, there's a lot of overlap with toddlers again too when things happen. I mean, I had this morning, yesterday morning, where it's in that moment when says something and then you just want to come right back so hard 
And it's that moment where you're like, I'm going to wait on it. There's a little tiny part of me that's like, oh, she has no idea what's coming around the corner. Like I'm going to really get her. I feel like you have two teenagers, the youngest and the oldest. Well, yeah. Well, and even, I mean, my middle, I say all the time, I love you. And the answer is no, I love you you so much. And the answer is no, it's okay to be disappointed. I mean, that is a mantra constantly. Yeah. And I will say like, you know, this idea of how to be with another human, you know, is the work on us. It's that time when you're waiting for them to come back and you don't know if they're okay and you are so worried and you're living in that fear state. It is about truly like getting yourself regulated, like mm-hmm. all systems in. And I think that for me is about firmness. It is like to yourself saying, what do I need to do? Like firmness with yourself, almost like, I don't want to say like disassociating, but there is a little part of like, and I've been there with myself too, where I have to almost like step around and say, not like get it together, but like process this, how important this is for the kid. Like this mm-hmm. is a job right now and they need you. Like, mm-hmm. so what does that mean for you, parent, like to truly regulate, to ground does it mean taking the dog for a walk? Does it mean calling someone or not? Does it mean shutting my mouth, drinking water, getting in water, you know, eating food, like truly triage, like yeah. triage for yourself to get right, you know, yeah. physically move it through your body so that when they get home, you are ready to, you know, receive them from a place that is not also in fear. And that is as we talk about, we can move from regulation to relationship to reason, right? So right. we've moved out of that regulation space. Then we can lean into the relation part. Like I was so scared. You are the most important person in my life. I love you so much, you know, and like holding them to be able to move into that place of reason where you feel like curiosity and what happened and where were you going? And here's what I take responsibility from. And a lot of times I'll say, here's what I wish would have happened. You know, like Mm -hmm. I wish I would have said to you this, or I wish I would have handled it in a different way. And like specifically what, you know, just Mm -hmm. fully on, like I take responsibility for that, or I had no idea, or I wish if I had to redo, I would have done this, you know, but here we are now. So like Mm -hmm. that part, just like owning our own part with that is so huge to be able to open up that connection piece, you know, for the lead. Yeah. And I know like there's a lot of faith and trust inside of that as well, because I can hear the yeah butters, but yeah, but my kid, my kid won't talk to me, you know, they might leave and come back and still not talk to me. And that's a really hard place to be. That's a really hard place to be. Yeah. And here's what, what Jane Nelson would say, as we talk about connection before correction, sometimes the correction is not a part of it yet. Sometimes yeah. it's about the connection. So it's not about, I mean, it's again, it's a long end game. It's not that one time it's, but you being able to say, I'm so glad you're here. I love you no matter what. That was really scary for me. I wish I would have done something differently or I took responsibility. And then they look at you and they walk out of the room that still has been planted. You have gotten it out there. You've started that turn of the ship, you know? Yeah. Also those places of high reps, which is like, really highly skilled, you know, mm-hmm. to move through our own emotional. I mean, that's why your book is so brilliant. You know, it's like really being able to, um, do you mean to like, <laughs> yeah. my, my, my <laughs> what's the title again? Call <laughs> <laughs> um, me in the drama, right? <laughs> it's called Joyful Courage, Julietta. It's not that hard to remember. It's, well, no, I mean, it's, it's yeah, calming the drama and taking control of your parenting. Right. I was trying to think of that. I'm sure you've all read it. You know, it's a very short read. (laughs) But that part is just as, you know, powerful in terms of co-relation, changing that part, like just the mirror neurons, you know, all of that. So yes, there is not going to be an immediate fix or a one, two, three, like Hallmark special where then they fall into your arms, you know, but they've heard you. You've said that part for mm-hmm. yourself to that repair. You've modeled what that sounds like, you know, what that looks like. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's something to be said too for those of you that are having a really tough time. Like I was just talking to another coach about coaching, which I love to do. And she was asking me, you know, what do I love about coaching parents? 
And I said, you know, I just love it when I can help someone recognize the power of shifting how they're experiencing their experience, right? We focus so much on how can I change this experience that sometimes we can't, right? But we can shift in how we are experiencing the experience. So for example, I had a client yesterday, it was our first call and they were talking to me about their teenager. And some of us, when our kids start high school, it's like, not just one or two mischiefy things happen. It's like, bam, bam, bam. And all of a sudden you're in this place of like panic. Like, oh my God, is this how it is now? And I'm losing, I'm losing my kid. And she was sharing some of the things that had gone down. There was still relationship there, but there was a little bit of sneakiness that was starting to come in and a little bit of pushing away. And I said, well, you know, what would happen if when you found out, because that's what keeps happening is she keeps finding out after the fact, instead of launching right into why you're not okay with whatever the behavior is, you start with, whoa, dark park, cute boy. How was that? Right? Like, tell me about that. How did it feel to be where you weren't supposed to be? How did it feel? You know, and like connect around what is oftentimes a thrill for our teenagers and then move into, here's why it's scary to me. Yeah. Right. And how can we keep, like you said, those low level risks taking, which is healthy and developmentally appropriate, while also continuing to nurture that critical thinking, problem-solving, decision-making muscles in their brain as they, you know, navigate lots of opportunity to do things that they probably know and could guess that their parents would probably not want them to do. And yet some of it, they're going to dip their toes in, right? Hey, so I'm so excited. I want to share with you about one of our new sponsors, Starglow Media. They have this amazing show for all of you with younger kids called Mysteries About True Histories. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers and on adventures through time packed with puzzles and hidden equations, histories, and laughs. You all know Alana, our co-founder at Sproutable. She listened to the show with her seven-year-old and loved it. They would pause the show and try to figure out the math problems together, loved learning about different cultures and the histories around the world. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared math is what they call it. Math is geared towards kids six and over, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. Episodes drop every Thursday and they're about 15 minutes. Perfect length for the car rides, mealtime, break time, bedtime. Each episode is stacked with so much laughter and your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories math with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Even like, I just was thinking about this idea, you know, that I talk about in terms of friendships, like disconnection and connection. And you talk about with your work with teens around like they kind of, they go away and then they come back, you know, Mm -hmm. times Mm -hmm. like that we've been in and out, or I have worked with high school students too, that were really extreme, you know, the really extreme cases and had been through a lot. I mean, their files were thick, you know? And so when we think about resiliency and, you know, the feeling that they matter, that they belong no matter what, that you are going to be that stability, that consistency, you are the same parent, no matter 
whether they're trying out a different something that they're wearing or where they're going or a new activity or they're trying on that new person they are or you know in the case of a lot of my students you know they call you a bunch of you know names and trying to kind of test if you're really going to be there the next time because they've been cycled through so many social workers and psychologists you know and so really that piece of like how are we in the way that you offered in your example around that curiosity and experience and how is it for you to keep it not about us, you yeah. know, that we're the stability there. I say we're the lighthouse in the storm and keep offering that safety piece through us, through who we are, you know, mm-hmm. that they're going to get that. It's not going to be like, oh, she, now she's so mad. Now she's not flying off the handle or now I've got to tiptoe around my own emotions around that. But offering yeah. them that experience of like, how am I experiencing this? Yeah. It makes sense that not all kids want to dig into their shit, right? Like, hey, we're going to talk about this. We're going to figure this out. I'm going to make amends. And the expectation is that you get to take some personal responsibility, right? Kids aren't like, oh, yay, I get to do that. You know, like, and I think that what can happen is because kids aren't like, oh, thank you for holding space for me to work out my stuff. Instead, they're like, you know, fuck you. And then we're like, how could they treat me? And all of a sudden now we're having a problem with their response to us. And it just is like this spiral into madness and dysregulation and everybody feeling out of control, right? And what I'm hearing you say is that consistency around, all right, yeah, I know this is hard. This sucks. Nobody likes to make repair. It's hard to make repair. It's hard to own when you've made a mistake. I get that. Right. And it's something that we value in our family. So we're going to talk about yeah, it. Taking responsibility, making the repair, having a redo. Yeah. And having enough practice where we're also modeling that too in those low level ways or with siblings so that it's not so scary with the bigger things, you know? Yeah. I mean, I have the same conversations with littles as I do with Joe's too. Again, I mean, just in terms of a lot of the relationships, we're talking about the same things with adults. Yeah. Oh yeah. What is the problem here? What happened? How did this affect you? You know, what do I take responsibility for? What is the bigger picture? And that's the part too, that I lean into, even with my like dorky once a week feeling word, you know, (laughs) it's like, and a little bit of the rolling the eyes, I say straight up, this is about so that you all can go out and have healthy relationships. This is not about me. I'm not trying to trap you here and be the school counselor mom. Like I am wanting to arm you so that you have the most healthy, incredible relationships and you live your life. So there's that part too. I think the relevance of just like reminding them we're on their side, you know? Yes, yes, yes. Well, and I have written in my notes, firmness is the relentless work of moving towards relationship and connection. Yeah. And it takes practice. To me, the fact is just like when I don't want to, like, I also just want to enjoy a Sunday brunch and not have, you know, Leona tell the server, like, sorry, broke the pencil sharpener and have her take responsibility and then go buy another one and bring it back to the restaurant. But like, we're going to do that, you know, because moments matter. And it ended up being this incredible, you know, the server was like, oh my God, of course. And (laughs) thank you. And that was so brave. And here's a Rice Krispie treat in exchange. I mean, all these things, (laughs) but like, I also sometimes just want to sweep it under the rug and, you know, say whatever to go. So I think there's the firmness part of that relentless, like you said, pursuit towards that, you know, it requires those hard conversations. It requires getting uncomfortable with the other humans, you know, and having those hard conversations. And I think the place that I notice it is in my body when Mm -hmm. I can feel that, like, I just want to ignore it, let it go. That's when I know to lean in, Mm -hmm. you know, and firm up. Mm. I love talking about this with you because listeners, I know that it's not neat and tidy. It's not one, two, three magic. It's not 0.1.2.3. It's relational. And I think it's important to say just because you are a kind and firm parent doesn't mean, okay, great. I'm going to be a kind and firm parent. And then my kids are going to do what I want. (laughs) Oh my God. It is messy. And I know that many of you are really in it with your kiddos. And how would it change the way that you're experiencing your experience if you learned and practice embodying confidence and embodying resolve 
right? That's another word that I think is really useful in this firmness conversation. And let go, yeah, that fiercely committed, lovingly detached, right? Like I am here, I am solid, I'm relentlessly pursuing connection and relation. I'm not desperate, right? That's not the same as being desperate. Or as the kids say now, thirsty. Yeah, I'm not thirsty for a relationship with you, but like I'm gonna consistently show up and do my own work to discover where I'm getting in the way and trust that my kid wants to be in relationship with me and all of that. And it still might be somewhat of a shit show as far as their decision-making and behavior, but the likelihood that they're going to live through it is going to increase because they have a parent who keeps showing up and is available and is in their confident authority as well. One of the big ahas I had was that even though we've been doing this work for so long, you know, when your kids are little, you expect that they're going to have tantrums. You expect that they're going to have picky eating, that they're going to have a hard time going to sleep or going out. strike. those are just part of your like, oh yeah, that's just part of it. And then, so why is it any different that in the teen years, we expect them to be perfect or to have had it figured out? Yeah. It just does not make any sense. And so that for me, you know, once I could just, yeah, put that list of challenges right back on and say, this is part of the teen landscape. And I get to walk, you know, side by side. There's going to be those dark in the park times, you know? <laughs> I loved the dark park with a cute boy. <laughs> there too. <laughs> yes. I think it's that idea that the firmness piece of consistently showing up. And I think yeah. there's a lot of, I mean, as I'm already starting to get into and hear from all the years that I've worked with other parents, you know, that have teens too, that there are places that because it gets more and more uncomfortable or it brings up our own experiences as a teen. Like that's a part that's coming up for me too, how I was. I remember it so much more clearly than we did when we were little, you know? And so that part around our own relationships with our own parents or the people that raised us, how we want to, so either desperately, you know, change that way or keep that way or intact, like all of that part that gets messy as well. And I think sometimes just having that transparency too, like, this was what was really hard in my relationship with my partner. And I don't want to redo that. I don't want to keep that same pattern going. And so here's what I'm trying to, I might not be doing it the right way, but this is my intention, you know, behind it. Mm-hmm. And that conditioning is sneaky. I mean, I'm recently discovering like, oh, there's a little bit of, with Rowan, who's now moved out everyone. So, I mean, just stay vigilant on your own self-reflection right? Your own self-awareness and be in that curiosity around what is it about this thing? How am I creating a dynamic in this relationship? I think that's so powerful. Oh my God, I have a hundred other things I wanted to bring up, but we're going to have to just do that another time, my friend. Is there anything else before we sign off? I mean, you guys, yeah, to be continued, messy. This is not like, oh, and here you go. Nice, tidy, tied with a bow conversation. I think it's an exploration, really, when we talk about firmness and what that looks like. I think there's so many variables and there's temperaments and there's family dynamics and there's all these different things that play into it. But I just really appreciate you coming in and teasing it apart with me. Thank you. Yeah, to be continued. Yes. And I would just say one place to begin, because like you said, like everyone's so unique, you know, your own family system, like part of that embodying of that confident authority is like, really deciding for your family, you know, not the examples of everyone else or what should be or these, you know, but what feels right for you and what are the parts that you decide, you know, that is like, this is what matters. And so this is the part that we're going to follow through on in terms of like getting us across Mm -hmm. the line. Yeah. Love that. Thank you. What does joyful courage mean to you today, Julieta? Girl. Joyful courage means you. I mean, I think it really is. It's the courage to have these kinds of conversations. Parenting is so vulnerable. And when we don't talk about it, it brings up shame. And so it's the courage to talk about how messy it is, how hard it is, how everyone has these challenges. I'm doing this circle with my finger. Like there is not one household. I talked to so many people and in my own life, you know, it is truly messy. So I think it's just the courage to actually talk about it with your community, to listen to your podcast, for you to have these conversations and talk about your own family so vulnerably. So I think it's the courage to talk about it, to talk about our parenting, Mm -hmm. bring it to normalize it. And the joyful part for me is to find the fun, right? It's like to just say, 
these are my people and I'm going to have the wink, wink. Tell me about the dark park and that, what I, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, just to like find the fun in it. It's just like, it goes so fast. I get that already. You know, I know yeah. that. And so it really is to just like, I take it so seriously, you know? Yeah. Lighten up. Yeah. Lighten awesome. Up. Where can people find you and follow your work? Where we are, my friend at besproutable.com. Early years, I'm also the elementary lead. Also, I run that whole part. And we also have an awesome nanny situation. A lot of your users don't have nannies anymore. But for all of you out there that have friends, tell your friends about us. You know, tell your friends that we have a whole network of support for these early years and elementary and caregivers. Yeah. And I know that there's listeners worth younger kids too. Julieta has a Facebook group, Live in Love with Sproutable. And you can find her on Instagram at Be Sproutable. And you do a really good job of offering content that's really useful to all, especially those people with younger kids. So thank you for your work. Thank you for your time. Love you. Love you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Thank you to my Sproutable partners, as well as Chris Mann and the team at Podshaper for all the support with getting this show out there and making it sound good. Check out our offers for parents with kids of all ages and sign up for our newsletter to stay connected at besproutable.com. Tune back in later this week for our Thursday show, and I'll be back with another interview next Monday. Peace. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us 